hey hey what's going on it's chase ceo of the act protect engage defensive solutions llc the ape defensive solutions llc thank you for joining me this is episode uh well eight i guess i think it's eight my memory is terrible. It's eight. It's eight. It's eight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Welcome, guys. Okay. We're discussing gun violence and gun statistics and gun ownership from the conservative perspective today. Part two. Okay. Part two, guys. Part one was a big hit, so we're doing part two. Thank you for joining me. I've been having some technical difficulties. <laughs> but it looks like we might have everything back on track. <laughs> Playing around these, these uh, freaking sound effects, man. It's pretty cool. Okay, okay. So the first episode we did uh, was, uh, was it Thursday or something like that? It was about the conservative view of uh, gun violence, of the issue of gun violence and gun ownership, how they're linked together in America, okay? America has a love affair with guns. We really, really do. But we're trying to kind of dig deeper into that, okay, guys? Um, so we want to break apart the, the, uh, the arguments of the conservatives and the Democrats, you know, the, the Democratic-leaning folks and the conservative-leaning folks, okay? That's what we're trying to do. If you want to know uh, more, you know, check out the first episode. I went over eight points that the Heritage Foundation, which is a conservative think tank, what they have uh, put out there kind of like as their main talking points. I did the first four last episode. So check that out. Check the first episode first before you listen to this one. OK, because I'm going to start start off running right into the number four point. OK, guys, I'm not going to waste too much time because we still got to hit the liberal point next episode and I don't want to kind of beleaguer this point you know this issue too too much because I really want to get into the nerdy stuff I'm really interested in later down the line so let's get rid of this kind of dry stuff the statistics alright so what are we looking at now point number four the perpetration of gun related murders is often carried out by predictable people according to studies almost all mass public shooters have extensive histories of mental health issues, whether delusional, psych or psychiatric, or depression slash anger, disturbing behaviors, and interpersonal violence. Intimate partner conflict and domestic history are major risk factors for homicides, suicides, even for those not involving intimate partners. And last but not least, under point number four, especially in urban areas, a small number of residuist Ooh, that's a tough word. Violent offenders typically responsible for the majority of gun violence. What does that mean? Let's take that last point first. Okay, so what they're saying is in urban areas, pretty much the gangs and the regular, kind of like the regular actors, the usual suspects are the ones that commit the crimes over and over and over again. So if you're in Chicago and you are identifying the vice lords in the um, Black P-Stones or whatever as pretty much the gangs that are doing most of the robberies, kidnappings, murders, and assaults in your South Side neighborhood, then it's gonna be them who is kind of repeating those offenses, okay? So you can kind of target your policing 
you know, target your fo- put your focus on certain areas and certain members of that community. You know, usually males between the ages of 15 and 34 in those areas, and they're using people of color because they're all living in the same urban environment, very close together, okay? And it's very uh, poverty-stricken, so it's kind of like dog-eat-dog in that area. So that's what they mean by that, okay? Also, with the intimate partner violence, okay? Intimate partner violence, I mean, that kind of speaks for itself. If you are in a toxic, violent, abusive relationship, you have a very, very high, there's a very, very high likelihood that it could end badly, meaning in someone getting hurt really bad or even worse. So my suggestion for you, uh, Dr. Chase, <laughs> I have a show on uh, TV One. Check it out. It's on uh, 3 o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm not Dr. Phil. Uh, if you're in a relationship that you think might end in death or grave bodily injury, please do your best to get out of it. Seek help. Seek guidance um, because those uh, relationships rarely end well, okay? And homicide is the result of many of them, okay? Mental health. Mental health is a really, really big issue. Um, uh, however, um, it's not, it, it's, a, it's an issue that's linked to gun violence, but they can, they, two things can be true at once. It can be true that America does have a mental health crisis, which I think it does, because not enough people talk about it, and it still, even to this day, has a stigma. But I love, I love seeing more athletes and more celebrities and more like regular folks coming out there and saying, hey, look, I struggle with this. I struggle with that, you know, and that's great to see because everyone does and it's just no one wants to admit it because there's such a stigma. Um, I, I, I think that's a big issue in America. But it's, the problem I have with the conservative argument on this end is that they, they, they tend to push down the gun violence thing and point, you know, point to the mental illness. Like, it's not the gun, it's mental illness. Well, I'm like, well... Okay, that's fair, but there are 300-something million guns out there, and this person was quote-unquote crazy, <coughs> excuse me, but still managed to get his hands on one. So is there anything we can do better? And they don't want to talk about that, okay? So I think that we have to remain uh, fair and, and understand that two points can be true at once, and they're both valid, okay? Mental health is a huge issue. And also the fact that there's so many guns freely um, floating around, and you know, I'm all about the Second Amendment, um, but we really got to be careful not focusing on both issues and just kind of diverting it to mental health, okay, guys? Just my opinion. Okay, so this argument I, I don't like. Higher rates of gun ownership are not associated with higher rates of violent crime. Switzerland and Israel have much higher gun ownership rates in the United States, but experience far fewer homicides and have much, much lower violent crime rates than many European nations with strict gun control. Okay, first of all, America's not Israel and Switzerland. Okay, that's first of all. Second of all, in Israel and Switzerland, they have a very homogeneous culture. Okay, so meaning that they share a common identity, okay? Israelis and, and Swiss, they share a common identity, n- not each to each other. I mean, it, within their countries, the citizens of their countries are very united in their cultural identity, in their cultural pride, and a lot of times in their race, as far as Switzerland goes. So their economies are different, okay? So 
there's not that racial disparity. There's not that economic disparity. Um, they tend to be more communal. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of things that make those countries different. So comparing them is kind of silly. Oh, well, look at Israel and Switzerland. They have more guns than America and they have, they have fewer homicides. Well, you, you're, once again, you're using kind of like the same argument. <laughs> you're using your, the conservatives, they try to talk out of both sides of their mouth sometimes when, it, when it's like, it's like, well, look, there's more guns in this area and there's, and there's fewer homicides. Uh, and I don't know. I, it just doesn't ring. I, I, I think that we have to look at America for America's problem. Okay. Like um, Israelis between certain ages have to serve in the military. So they are well-trained. The populace is well-trained. Okay. They have common enemies. Israelis have common enemies. Why kill each other? when there's other enemies out there trying to kill them. Okay, at least in their mind, okay? And I'm not getting through the politics of that, but they have bigger fish to fry than other Israelis, is what I mean. Um, and Switzerland is a very, very homogeneous culture. They share common heritage in many, many things. They're linked by deep communal bonds and deep cultural bonds. So they have a lot of guns, but they don't kill each other because they don't need to because they like each other. They have less differences than Americans have with each other. Does that make sense? Okay. Let's talk about freaking. All right, number six. There's no clear relationship between strict gun control legislation and homicide or violent crime rates. Is, it, is there, there, there's no clear relationship between strict gun control legislation? Okay, so what they're saying is, I, I think they're right. Um, I was laughing because it's, it just, it's so ironic that a lot of the states and cities with really, really strict gun control, like the violent crime rates are still really high. Like what they're saying is strict gun control has no correlation to a reduction in, in violent crime. Okay. Usually it results in an increase in violent crime. Cities like Chicago where the, the citizen is like impossible to own a pistol. Gangs are running rampant. New York City, crime rates are up. LA is like turning into a shithole. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't curse. I'm on, I have a clean thing. Turning into a poop hole, I've heard, of violent crime. Okay, so we have to be really, really, um, really, really aware that, hey, you know, Usually, when normal citizens do not have easy access, not easy access, do not have, are restricted. Normal citizens are very highly restricted in owning a gun, even discouraged to even start. Like, I know in D.C., they made it so hard to own a gun. Even after the Supreme Court case that we won for the Second Amendment, it was still so hard to get a gun. There's like a 20-page application. You had to wait in line. There's all this on this red tape and makes you just like, you know, forget it, you know, like it's not even worth it. And that's what it's like in California as well. And you notice how the crime rates have spiked. It's ridiculous. So there's a group called the Brady campaign against gun violence. Ironically. So they give every state like a, a pass or fail grade on like their gun, right? Their gun, how strict their gun control is like pretty much you fail if you're free. You pass if you're like totalitarian. 
you know. But ironically, these gun the gun freedom states, as they declared them, they they admitted that their violent crime and murder rates are the lowest in the country, which is just ridiculous because they actually admitted it, right? Because like in places like Vermont. I'm sorry, not Vermont, New Hampshire. Yeah, New Hampshire, Vermont, Idaho, and Oregon, when it's like, there are no gun laws. The violent crime rate is like non-existent. Like there's like very low violent crime and, and homicide in those, in those states. For a reason, you know, if regular citizens have more access to legally owned guns, legal guns, then they're more likely to buy them. And if they're more likely to buy them, then they're more likely to prevent crime by using them as deterrents, not flashing them around. But if a criminal walks to a store thinking, hey, this guy might have a freaking 357 behind the counter, they might not rob that store. If the guy attempts to rob the store and the, and the clerk, the gas station clerk pulls out a 357 and the guy runs away, they just prevented a crime. That crime never happened. It doesn't go on the, on the stat sheet. So that goes a long way. All right, I want to talk about Great Britain, uh, Great Britain real quick, okay, guys? Um, remember when I said that in, I think, the last podcast that I was looking for a neutral news site? And I saw the BBC, which I consider probably the most neutral you're going to get. That's a Western newspaper or news outlet. And I said, well, they're neutral, but they really don't understand the American concept of gun ownership because they're Brits and they just have... They just have no clue why we need to own guns. So even their reporting is kind of skewed. Well, listen to this stat about Great Britain. This is interesting. Great Britain has some of the strictest gun control laws in the developed world, but the crime rate for homicide, rape, burglary, and aggravated assault is much higher than that in the U.S. Approximately 60% of burglaries in Great Britain occur while residents are home, compared to just 13% in the U.S., and British burglars admit to targeting occupied residents because they are more likely to find wallets and purses. So the British burglars just don't give an F. Because guess what? They know ain't nobody armed in there. Ain't nobody's got a gun. Maybe they got a bat. Maybe they have an old shotgun that doesn't work anymore from World War I. So they know all they got to do is get a little a goon crew together and just rush the house. If there's a male in there, they just overpower them because no one's armed with a gun. You know, in the U.S., burglars have to be very careful with the house they choose because if they choose houses like mine, they're not going to walk out, especially in Texas. Everyone has a gun in Texas, so it's not worth them. For, for them, it's not worth losing their life over maybe a few hundred dollars worth of stuff, whether they can wait until you leave to go to work and then get in and out scot-free, right? <clears throat> All right, number seven, excuse me, number seven. Legally owned firearms are used for lawful purposes much more than they are to commit crimes or suicide. Hmm. Well, that seems a little shaky. I don't, I don't just on the face of it, that doesn't seem true. All right, let me let me read further. A 2013 report on gun violence uh, ordered by Bar President Barack Obama by the Center uh, for Disease Control and Prevention, right, stated that the fire that firearms used defensively hundreds of thousands of times every year. Wow, are they? That's interesting. Hundreds of thousands of times. I mean, that's okay. That's a lot. 
But that's a lot more than murder that that you know than gun murders have been committed. According to the CDC, self-defense can be an important crime deterrent. Exactly. Recent CDC reports acknowledge that studies directly assessing the effect of actual defensive uses of firearms have found a consistently lower injury rates among gun-using crime victims compared to victims who use their other self-protective strategies. Okay, so basically what they're saying is y'all don't hear about it, but guns are used to, pr to protect people's lives and property every freaking day in this country, like consistently, and it's never talked about. And you, did you hear my first reaction? I was like, well, that doesn't seem true. Well, just because it doesn't seem true doesn't mean it's not true, okay? Because we don't hear about the times when, when um, people, uh, violence was deterred, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Deterred by a gun. Shoot, I deterred crime a few times myself with my gun. And I'll go into ape story time in a different podcast. But let's just say someone tried to rob me and they did not have a good day. Okay, they got chased and they were screaming, begging for their life, please, please, as I chased them. <laughs> he turned into a track star, man. i never seen a human being run that fast in my entire life. He took off, man. I was like, damn, this boy is fast. Anyway, I do not suggest, Ape does not suggest doing this or running after any type of criminal. I do not advise it. I do not advise it, okay? So what they're saying is, hey, look, people who use their firearms in self-defense were, were hurt a lot less than people who didn't. Basically, if you try to confront home invaders with your bat, you're probably going to get overwhelmed and beaten pretty badly. But if you have a gun to equalize, you know, the, even the odds, mo more than likely you'll get out of it alive, at least with your life. Maybe they take your TV, but at least you'll have your life. AR-15s have been used to save lives on many occasions. Let me read you a few occasions. Now, there's... A lot more than these, but I'm just going to read you two. Uh, Oswego, Illinois. A man with an AR-15 intervened to stop a neighbor's knife attack and cited the larger weapon's intimidation factor as a reason why the attacker dropped the knife. Houston, Texas. Yeah, H-Town. 2017. 2017. A homeowner survived a drive-by shooting by defending himself with his AR-15. So this happens a lot, okay? AR-15s are very effective when used correctly. And responsibly. All right, this is the last point I'm going to go into. All right. Concealed carry permit holders are not the problem, but they may be part of the solution. Noted criminologist John Lott found that as a group, concealed carry permit holders are some of the most law-abiding people in the United States. Man, the rate at which they commit crimes and, general, and firearms crimes specifically is between one-sixth and one-tenth of the of the rate for police officers who are themselves committing crimes at a fraction of the rate of the general population. Holy crap. Between 2007 and 2015, murder rates dropped 16% and violent crime rates dropped... Oh, I got cut off. Do I say... I don't know. Let's, well, I'll tell you what. Between 2007 and 2015, murder rates dropped 16%. Okay? That's all we need to know. My notes got cut off. Holy crap. Man... Well, I'll tell you, this, this number eight is pretty good. So violent crime rates have dropped off. Gun, uh, concealed carry permit holders are not violent. They're not criminals. They do not commit crimes in general, okay? You say they commit a fraction of the crimes committed by police officers who 
on top of that, commit even more of a fraction, you know, even less of a fraction than a general population. So we are a percent within a percent within a percent. Okay, so we don't get we, we don't get in trouble. We like to keep to ourselves. We like to have everything be cool and copacetic and laid back. We don't want any problems. But if problem prevents itself or presents itself, we will handle it. All right. So, all right, man. I am sorry. I cut you guys off a little short. My voice is killing me. But uh, I think I covered most of the major points here, guys. I don't want to beleaguer this point too much, okay? And I think we all know kind of the conservative second pro Second Amendment side, so I really don't have to dig too deep into this into our uh, talking points. The next one is going to be interesting because the next one is going to be the liberal side, and there's going to be all type of wild lies. I'm sure in that, but we'll discuss them. All right, we will look over them. Remember, guys. The Ape Academy, Act, Protect, Engage Academy podcast releases at least a minimum of two episodes per week. We have our sponsors, Bravo Concealment Holsters and USCCA. Please check both of those companies out. They are a great organization. Also, please like and subscribe our po- to, to our podcast and give us a good rating, five-star rating if you can. We are trying to attract more listeners to our channel. Thank you so much, guys. We love you. We thank you for the support. God bless you. Stay safe. Ape. Remember, guys, train hard. Get after it. Stay situationally aware. Okay? Use your head out here. Use your head. All right? Be prepared. Switch on that warrior mindset. And always look out for each other. Look out for yourself and look out for your family. God bless you. Eight.